Welcome to First Aid Copites, a podcast for Delaware's Liverpool supporters and their friends. Hey, welcome to the latest edition of First Aid Copites. Um, it's episode eight of our fourth season. I'm Paul, and today I'm joined by Hytham, who is in Chicago, and uh, uh, Sean, who's in a very dark part of uh, Delaware um, on his on his iPhone. Um, but uh, if you're listening, you probably won't have, a, have any idea that that's going on. Um, we actually began last week by saying uh, the 22-23 season had not started the way we'd hoped. Oh boy, uh, it, it can always be worse, right? When you start to lose to Manchester United, uh, that's never a good experience. So we're going to explore in the first part um, the United game and hopefully offer some um, hopeful signs for for the uh, upcoming matches. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that, but we're going to try. Um, yeah, then in part two, we're going to look at the we've got two games coming up. Um, we'll probably. Uh, record next episode after the Bournemouth game, but there's a, a game against Newcastle that's coming up pretty much after that. And then finally, in part three, we'll uh, talk about what else is going on. Um, and uh, I definitely want to reference uh, Michael Cox's piece in The Athletic today where he talks about uh, how leniency by referees is not necessarily a good thing and may well lead to a deterioration in the technical quality of, of football. I'm sure Graham Souness would not agree. Anyway, Sean Hytham, let's uh, let's get going with part one. Um, yeah, as we said, losing to Man- the Manx, never a good experience. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people complaining about a lot of things. Uh, and I'll start with you, Hytham. Um, what, what was your overall take from the game? I mean, I don't think, I think we can pick some bones out of the performance that weren't awful, but but there was clearly something not right. Um, and, you know, offered in the agenda a number of possible explanations. Um, was it down to individual errors? Because clearly a lot of people were blaming a lot of people about this. Uh, uh, was it was it down to the shape, which I think is is not the shape we've played the last four or five seasons? Uh, or was it something about intensity, uh, which, again, may have many, many causes? Where, where, um, where are you on the... What was, go- what was going on here and why didn't it work? I just think it was a combination of things. I, I don't think it's one, one thing or, or, or another. Um, it just felt, you know, the intensity to me was the biggest thing. Um, it just felt like they wanted it more for some reason. I, I know that's not, you know, the reason, but that's how it felt to me. Like, you know, they they were more scruffy, you know, that, than... Uh, how we typically are. Um, um, I can't remember how many times, you know, what's his name? Their new um, center back, Martinez, um, was on the screen because of some tackle or some interception or, 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 um, you know, um, intercepting a shot or something like that. So uh, just, I, I saw that, I can't remember how many times I counted that, but that, 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 to me, that, that was, um, indicative of, of how um, intense or more intense than, than us they were. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing too is, you know, I just, I feel like some of our players are tired. <laughs> I mean, they've played so many matches. If you start counting just, you know, this year, forget about, you know, last year. Yeah. Um, so 
to me, it just and then the injuries too, and I know everyone knows about that. But when you combine all these things together, um, I think it gets you to a place similar or the same place that we are in at this point. Um, I, I did not really look at the formation, but obviously it seemed odd. Um, I just I, I I was trying to remember how many times before then that. Um, Milner was not effective. Um, it, it just felt like he was out of place. Um, I know he's a great player. I know he's older now, but he could still play. I mean, I watched him even the, the last couple of matches. Um, he was he was better, but it just felt like the way he was positioned, uh, it felt like he was out of place. Um, um, so yeah, it's it's to me, it's just a, a combination of things um, that. Resulted in resulted in all the negative, um, you know, performances, especially this this last one. Yeah. So, so I do think. Um, so I think Martinez, if he stays at United, is going to be someone we'll absolutely adore to hate for quite a long time because um, he's quite a shit house, isn't he? I mean, the uh, the shenanigans with the dive at the end of the game. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah. I, I think someone in the bar said. Uh, uh, if I was knifed, I would not be going down like that. Um, yeah, I, I, at the time. I think I think if if Nunez was playing, um, he would have eaten him alive, just mm-hmm. height wise. Um, um, you know, and and he would have pushed him around right. just uh, the same way um, um, Brentford did him. Yeah, because they, they targeted him. Yeah. Um, but there was there, there was no person to target him per se, so he kind of like you know uh, fluffed his feathers or whatever. But yeah, well, you know. the the good news is when we, when Nunez does play against him, the headbutt's not going to land on his head, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll be a neck a neck butt, right? right. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it'll just be yellow, just be yellow. Um, <laughs> so Sean, I know you've done some digging into some of the the stats behind the game, um, but for, first, let, I mean, let's definitely cover those, but also. Um, what, I mean, what was your take? I know, I know, you were <laughs> in a conversation about uh, like some of the people to blame, but uh, you know, my my take on it is, and I've watched a little bit of it back, is it it really just seemed like like these players looked like they they had, they weren't very comfortable with whatever this new system is, and that left loads of holes, which gave United uh, too much hope, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of reasons why uh, we haven't looked right and, and, you know, kind of all came to a head in in that game. Um, You know, it it seems like we we have – I can't tell you what they are, but it seems like we are – we have made some tactical changes. But just like fundamentally, um, you know – the way I see it anyways is, is, and again, it's not like a a personal attack or criticism. It's, it's, it's more like, you know, it's just, just the way I saw it. I mean, the, the, the issue with that first half was that they were just getting through our midfield way too easily. Mm -hmm. There's way too much space. Um, And the way that I, I saw it and some of the stuff I've looked at afterwards is that, you know, the, the players that normally play the left-sided center midfield role are Thiago, Nobby, and sometimes Curtis Jones. Yep. We've had Milner playing there because those players haven't been available. And it's not 
his fault. He's 36 years old, and it's, it's not a role that's really suited to his style of play. But in my view, he was getting sucked up. And we see when Curtis plays that role, we see it sometimes too. He's getting sucked up way too far forward, and he's not kind of being positionally sound, kind of staying in that deeper left position a lot of the time. Um, as a result of that, Henderson seemed to be sliding over to the left to cover space. And as a result of that, the middle of the park was wide open and Bobby does what he does sometimes. And he was dropping very deep. So you talked about the space between Diaz and Sala. I mean, there you go. Like if, if you have that kind of stuff going on. And then in addition to that, it makes it very difficult for, for Diaz to link up with Robertson. And, and then the whole thing just kind of falls apart. And I think in addition to some of the newer tactical changes, Klopp's making, um, there's that. I think they probably are both mentally and physically fatigued on top of that. So it just all, you know, snowballs. And 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 the way that we play, and we saw this the year we didn't have center backs. Our players rely on the system. They rely on the fact that they they will know where a player is. They, they don't really, they shouldn't really even have to look to see if they're there. The way the system's supposed to work is that they hit it to a spot. They know the player's there. And early in the match, you could see that happened a couple of times and the player wasn't there. And um, I think that threw us all off early and it just never got better until about 35 or 40 minutes. I, I don't, I don't, I, and I'd have to watch the match back to understand what we were doing differently at that point. Yeah. My guess is that Klopp was getting them to stay more in their positions that they're supposed to be in. So, I mean, that's kind of the way I saw the first half. Second half wasn't a lot better, but I, I, I did feel like we started better. I think we got, I think, I, I think we, we, we looked a lot more like ourselves once Fabinho came on. Um, again, not to like pick apart players, but for me personally, I mean, I, I think that's the worst match I've ever seen Jordan Henderson play personally. Um, he was just way off on the day, which, which to me made matters even worse. Um, and so, um, Sean, Sean I, 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 no, I, I clearly think there were mistakes. Um, but do you think a lot of that was around? So a couple of things. Um, so Neil Atkinson uh, made the point that Cater until Sunday probably was in the lineup instead of Milner, which changes the dynamics to the point you made. You've got yeah. someone who's used to playing in that position, uh, whereas Milner's kind of drafted in late on uh, and feels like he's not doing, I mean, he certainly his positioning is not where Cater would have been. Right, that's that's kind of one thing, um, and th- and then so so that's that's a problem for him. But then because we were not compact at all in the first like twenty thirty minutes, which is generally what we're very good at, um, that that gave him. You know, I know we we criticize you know McTominay and Fred for being like bad, but often some of the badness comes from the fact that that covering like I don't know, like like two thirds of the field because of the gap between their front and their back. I think didn't, do you think we had a bit of that going on as well? I, I mean, I can't, I can't speak to that, but I, I mean, but yeah, if Nobby could have played that left center mid role, I think we would have looked a lot better. Yeah. Um, because that's the role he's used to playing and, and, and his skill set fits what we expect from that role. Um, it, it wouldn't have resolved all the issues, but it would have helped a whole lot. Um, and um, might might have helped prevent their first goal, honestly. Because if we if we would have had somebody deeper, they they probably couldn't have 
broken down the field as easily, um, which eventually led to the play that, that resulted in the goal. Um, so it's just, you know, it's a cascading kind of effect. And I, I, again, like, I really think like Klopp's, you know, Klopp's German system, if one part is missing, the rest of it really struggles to catch up. And if, and, and in this case, we really had, and I know it sounds crazy to, to say that Bobby is not well suited to that central striker role, but my, again, like, I'm not an expert on this, but my sense is that whatever tactical change we've made is, is meant to suit Nunez and Jota, not Bobby. And he's yeah. a totally different type of player. And so really we had two positions that, that weren't kind of well suited. And, um, you know, again, in addition to that, um, I, I did, at the time I was thinking like, you know, our players, they, they really just looked confused, um, just not really on it, you know, and, and, I was thinking, well, it's not really about the effort. But then you look at this, the stats after the match, and they ran a lot more than we did. I mean, so the, the, the effort oh, clearly wow. was part of it. Now, maybe that's because they were confused and they weren't sure what to do. But regardless, um, I do think kind of physical and mental fatigue um, is a factor. Um, and, I, you know, I guess, I, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, but I think ultimately it, it, it makes me feel like we, we do need to bring – and another central midfielder before the end of the window, not because it's an immediate fix, but because given the condensed schedule this year, I I just don't see how we can get through the year as successful as we want to be with, you know, the the personnel we have, even if we get healthy, because we know it's unlikely that Tiago and Navi and whoever else is going to stay healthy the whole year, you know, and and if this is what happens when we don't have somebody that can fill that role, that's a big problem. And, um, and, and we didn't even mention, I think he had a pretty good game again. Um, Harvey, you know, Harvey was in a terrible position because he's 19 years old yeah. and, and he's having to respond to all this, this stuff kind of falling apart around him. Um, and you, you just, that's not great either. That's not good for his development. It's not really fair to throw a 19 year old in that kind of situation either. Um, so. You know, there's there, there's a lot to think about there, but you know, I think ultimately, if we get healthy and we have the players that are suited to those roles, I think we'll be fine. But it's a matter of us getting healthy, and right now we just don't have the players available. So, so let me let me go back to you, Haytham, with a, a kind of a build on on some of that. Um, I, I, like I, the, like Diaz and Salah. We're about as far away from optimal positions for two very dangerous strikers as as they could be in in many situations. Often, like Diaz ended up bringing the ball back uh, before he could kind of move forward, and and Salah, you know, Salah, who I think would have had a, a very good time operating between the left back and the centre back, uh, was like wide out on the wing. It's like we, it felt like we clearly had set up. Um, for Nunez to play, which of course makes everyone look bad now, because Firmino isn't that kind of player, and and he's now occupying this huge space in the in the middle of the field that I referred to before. Um, on Sean's, uh, we need a midfielder. Uh, I did hear, hear Neil Atkinson of the Anfield Rap suggest that actually we might be better off by Ivan Tony um, because then we would have someone that would fit into the system that we're trying to play, irrespective of who else fills the other positions. Um, because you know, trying to play a system designed around Nunez without Nunez is not a great idea. Yeah, I'd like to know more about that. Actually, that 
even though he wasn't playing, they still stuck around, stuck with uh, the plan. Um, I, I I totally get it. Um, Bobby, you know, again, um, like Sean was saying, he he just you know he was coming back um, and left that gigantic hole um, up front. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I just the question that I have for you is with Kata, um Does anyone know what was going on with him? Because <laughs> the reason, like they listed, you know, all the injuries, and and his reason for that day was unknown. So oh. uh, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure like what's going on. And, and I hear rumors today. I think it was somewhere um, talking about uh, uh, who was it? Dortmund wanting him actually. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, going back to what Sean was saying about a midfielder and all of that stuff, um, you know, getting a, a new midfielder, um, I just, it, it's going to take a while. It's, and and you, Sean, you said it's not going to be like, you know, the, the, the fix, you know, or, or right away fix or whatever, but um, I'd rather get someone in, in January, actually, if we were going to get, uh, if we... Since we haven't gotten any new midfielder uh, in the transfer window, yeah. um, I'd rather get them in, in January uh, rather than now. But I don't know. Um, I just, to me, I feel like, you know, we get these injured guys back, you know, whether it's Thiago, um, you know, hopefully Keita comes back or whatever. And, and, and um, I don't have a lot of hope with Ox uh, if he comes back. But yeah, yeah, I think if, if we get please those two back, you know, things are going to yeah. look better. So, so a few things there. I mean, I, I, yeah. So I don't know how, how reliable any of those cater rumors are. Uh, maybe you can comment on that, Sean. But a couple, couple of things forward, Bill, with this game. Um, uh, Virgil van Dijk got a lot of criticism um, yeah. for the way that the f- first call was defended. And, and I, I guess I have an issue with that because he was doing exactly what he was doing all through 2019-20 or 2018-19 in terms of guarding a part of the goal so Allison could only had a smaller segment of the goal to save. And I I really don't think it was his fault that Allison threw himself uh, in one direction, uh, you know, falling for the Jaden Sancho feint. Uh, And and I think I thought Van Dyke did what... I think the problem was everyone else around him looked bad. So therefore he, you know, by implication was, was guilty about being part of this thing and what your thoughts about, about that are. But I, I did want to just cover that before uh, we, we, we move on to just summarize maybe some good points from the game. So I, um, I, I agree with you. I, I, I thought the criticism of Van Dyke was, I, I mean, I don't think he's looked great so far this year, but I don't. I think the criticism is way over the top from some places. Um, you know, I thought that the penalty that was called against him was really weak. It was a dive in the first game. Um, this this match that that play. You know, if you go back and watch it again, and it's crazy to watch these analysts that get paid money and they they don't like pay attention to this stuff. If 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 Milner doesn't slide, he's blocking the left side of the goal. Van Dyke's blocking the middle of the goal. Ali's got the rest of the goal on that side. So Ali dives that way. But what happens is um, Milner dives in, which is like, I'm not going to fault him for that. He's trying to save the goal, you know, whatever. 
But as a result of that, Sancho, I mean, Sancho just makes a great play. Like he, he, he faints, he pulls the ball back. Now the left side of goal is open. The problem with, with saying Van Dyke should charge out at him is that if he does that and you go back and watch the play, you'll see this. All Sancho has to do is tap the ball over to Bruno and he's got a wide open net because mm-hmm. Ali's on the ground on the other side. So I don't know if, if Van Dyke's factoring all that in, but I wouldn't put it past him. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure that charging out makes that much of a difference. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it could have hit his arm. He could have gotten called for a penalty. He could have tapped it to Bruno. And, and yeah, yeah I, th- I think he, I think he was okay on that play personally. I mean, I know a lot of people disagree. I, I think people are wrong. Kind of grasping for, yeah. yeah. Their, so I think um, we're saying they're wrong. This is good. Just a point of order here. I'm, I'm not in favor of calling, calling that uh, cheating, diving bastard Bruno. <laughs> Like, that <laughs> flop was absolutely outrageous. That yeah. should have been uh, he, he should have vilified. In the second half, that, yeah. that did, did, thing. I, I mean, I, I didn't listen to anything after the game, but did anyone comment on that? Because if that had been yeah. South, we know what the narrative would have been. Right? It was absurd. I saw a few people comment, at least on Twitter. I, I don't know about if, like, the analysts on TV, but um, I, I mean, that was completely absurd. And, and you could tell, Oliver went over and talked to him. The only reason he didn't card him is because he knew he would send him off, right. which is not the way it's supposed to work. Like, that was a yellow card offense. He should have been yellow carded for that. He should have been sent off. So did he get yellow carded for the dive? He got yellow carded yes. for something. Might have been the dive, but he did it not was, get It was the dive, yeah. yeah. It was it was a dive. And then, and then yeah. was just behaving like the, like the dick he is, really, for the uh, <laughs> retrieving the ball. Yeah, I just, I, I just want to go back to, um, you know, the uh, Van Dyke, incident and the, all the hoopla about it. I feel like, you know, had Milner not had, you know, that little uh, back and forth with Van Dyke, no one would have paid attention to anything. Yeah. And it's just because, you know, they saw Milner and, uh, you know, going at him, they were like, oh, look at him. Even his, you know, his his captain or his teammate is is telling him he's done something wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, you see that type of play, type of goal or whatever, all over the place. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's it's very... Um, it's it's like uh, right in front of the six yards line or something. So I, it's just like, and it happens like you know very quickly, but you know in a fast uh, pace. You just have to like make up your mind what you want to do and not really actually think about okay, what's the best thing to do over here? It's, there's just no time to think, and yeah. I don't blame him for the goal by any means. I, and, uh, and it was a you, very good finish by Sancho, by the way. Yeah, he absolutely. Have a lot absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he but, nailed it. You know, I mean, give the guy credit. Like, he's a to, good player. He made a good play. Like, to your point, though, that showed how out of sync we were, right? Because if that had been best Fabinho, he's not falling over. He's, like, giving him no space. Van Dyke's covering, as you say, a part of the goal. And that Allison doesn't have to make the dive. Um, yeah. Well, if it, had, if it had been for <laughs> – I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. If it had been Fabinho, he, he probably would have recovered and mm-hmm. been in that spot to begin with. And Sancho would <laughs> Wide open. Yeah. Why didn't he stop? By the way, does anyone know? Is it? No. Is it a, wasn't, okay. wasn't wasn't clear. But I, I think he had decided. Fabinho did not play at Old Trafford last year. Um, I, I, and I'm. Don't I think it was he was injured at the I, time, right? I think Klopp said after the match, somebody asked him, and he said, "No, I'm the manager. I I make the pit, the selections or something." So it, it, I think it was a manager's. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's what Klopp chose to go with. Um, I'm assuming because he wanted to play the captain at Old Trafford, you know. And and we and again, we don't have 
Like who else is going to play left center mid? Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you got to pick between Fabinho or Henderson and, and you picked Henderson. Um, now it's like hindsight 2020, like Henderson was great last year at Old Trafford and wasn't great this year, but you know, it's, um, again, I, to me, to me, it, it, a lot of this goes back to it's early in the season. We have tons of injuries. We're trying to make system changes and it's just not working. You okay. know, just before we close out, uh, the first part then, uh, any good points, uh, to take away from the game? Uh, well, I'll start with you, Hytham. Um, I actually, um, thought it was interesting that the, the, the XG was quite close given we sort of gave them a couple of obviously really high XG chances in that first half. Um, kind of said that we definitely weren't at our best, but, but we, we, you know, as Klopp said, we could have won that game, right? If the Rashford goal, uh, if we were in 2021, apparently, the Rashford goal would have been ruled out for offside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thicker, thicker um, yeah. Yeah, bar lines yeah. this time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess a, a good point for me is a little bit convoluted. Um, so going back a couple of years ago when we had all those injuries, they came um, or they started in December. Um, if I remember correctly, November, December, and, and things just went downhill. Yeah. I'm kind of glad it's happening. Um, and I understand, you know, we might have more injuries, you know, uh, down the line. Um, but I'm kind of happy that it's happening now. Not that, you know, not happy. Um, it feels better that it's happening right now versus like in November or December or, you know, right after the World Cup. Yeah. Um uh, just to get it out of the way um, and then just ironing out, you know, the system changes, all of that stuff. Um, and again, you know, like Sean was saying, it's early in the season, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's to me, that's, that's just uh, the silver lining in everything that's happening nowadays. Although as, as, as Daz in a messaging um, did comment, one of the things that makes it seem so extreme is, that you know, the, the, the we twice scored more points than most teams have, have scored to win the league and not won it. So you know the the margin for error <clears throat> you feel is is much smaller than it ever was. So you know dropping what what is it now? <clears throat> My goodness, seven points in the first three games means you put an enormous pressure on what you need to do for the rest of the season if you've got ambitions to to win the title. So anyway, good points, Sean. I thought Harvey looked good again. I thought Carvalho looked good again. Um, I thought um, I thought Gomez looked really good. I, mean, I thought Gomez actually looked great. You know, he saved on a number of occasions, um, and he had a ton of space to cover because the midfield was wide open for a while. Um, and um, actually, you know, and, and you know. You'd say like Salah didn't have his best game. He wasn't really getting the ball, but he he still created more chances than anybody else in the game. Yeah. And and apparently, I I, I got to confirm the stat, but um, I saw a stat that said that he's created more chances than anyone else in the league so far this year with thirteen, and he had four in the game. So you know those are all positives. Um, yeah. I think I think Diaz getting there. I think you know he's he's still figuring out how to play that role figuring out how to link up with Robbo again, Tiago not being there is probably not great for that development on that left side. Um, but 
yeah, I, I think we'll get there. Like I said, I think when Nunez gets back, um, he, he's going to score a lot of goals. Um, but I, you know, I, I guess you know my concern. I, I do have concerns about our, our midfield depth long term this year, given the condensed schedule of games because we're going to start playing two games a week soon. Yeah, this is the good point, part, Sean. Just saying. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> this is the, not, these are sorry. the good points. No, so I, I, I mean, so that yeah, I mean, those are the good points. Like for me, Harvey, Salah, um, Gomez, um, and. Um, yeah, I mean, and even Fabinho, I thought when he came on, looked pretty good. Yeah. So it was probably the best game he's played this year. So, so there, there was one moment at the beginning of the second half, uh, right before the start, when uh, there was a shot of, of uh, Robertson and Diaz having a conversation. It was a deep conversation. And I'm like, there's no way he's learned that much English in, you know, six months. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, uh, Robertson was speaking and Diaz was just shaking his head, you know, and, and you know, going back and forth. I'm like, there's no ways. <laughs> you know, be yeah. I, 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 I do. Yeah. I, I do think, um, well, 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 we'll see when Nunez returns, but I do think there's something to be figured out there because Diaz did look last week way more dangerous with, uh, without, uh, with, with when Nunez left the field. And he, uh, I mean, there were times I thought even on Monday night where he looked uh, quite sharp, quite dangerous. It would have been more dangerous if he'd started a lot of those runs, like like not on the, the left wing touchline. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so let's, let's wrap it up there. And then we're going to go to part two. And in part two, we will look at the week ahead. Hey, welcome back to part two of First Day Copites. Uh, we're going to look ahead, uh, probably mainly this weekend, but uh, uh, also, uh, well, Liverpool play Bournemouth this weekend. Um, I think that's um, August 27th. Uh, and then on, on Wednesday, we play um, the Oil State, uh, or the, or the other Oil State team uh, who plays in black and white uh, on Wednesday. Um, two home games sounds good in theory, but uh, clearly this season has not exactly uh, gone forward uh, the way we'd wanted. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I probably should have checked this, but I'm not clear about how many players are coming back. Whether we're basically picking from the same pool, which meant that you know we had a what a, a bench that uh, had nine players, but like three of them with um, a lot of Premier or any serious Premier League experience. Um, what are your hopes and expectations? Let's almost start with you, Sean, um, for, uh, for for Saturday, first of all. Um, Bournemouth didn't look great against Arsenal. Um, they looked okay against Villa. And Villa looked terrible against everybody else. So um, what, 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 do, what do you hope for? I mean, I would hope we could we could uh, get three points against Bournemouth. Um, I think they're generally projected to finish last in the league this year by most people. <laughs> Yeah. Right now, if, if we if we drop points to Boardmouth, we got a whole another level of crisis going on. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully we can get that. But the Newcastle match is is an interesting one because it's just a few days later. You know, getting back to the two two games per week thing, and um, you know they they look pretty solid. You know, I don't want to say they look like 
you know, they're not going to challenge for top four, I don't think, but they, they look very solid. They're really a good squad. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't like, uh, you know, the, the whole story behind them in terms of the ownership and stuff like that personally. But, um, you know, I think they are going about building the squad in a good way. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, they have some, some players that seem, seem to be playing really good, but, uh, the Bruno and their team, Bruno Grimarish, I think it's, um, Alala Brunez in this case <laughs> has been outstanding so far this year. I mean, and, 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 um, so he, he was a great pickup for them. Um, and, um, I think, you know, they upgraded in goal and, and they upgraded center back. So, I mean, they're just a much more solid team. So, um, that's going to be a challenge. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I do, I trust Klopp to try to figure this, some of this stuff out, you know, I, whether it's maybe we just simplify the system in the short term until we get healthier. Um, I, I don't expect this to continue. I mean, he's, he, he's just too, too good of a manager for, for him to not figure something out. Um, yeah. But it, it, it might require, if not a change in system, like a tactical change, uh, you know, it kind of, you know, like we did, we, and we did that in, um, you know, 20, uh, 21 season when we didn't have the center backs and, and we ended up going on a run and, and made champions league. So, um, you know, it's not like he hasn't done that before out of necessity. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still relatively optimistic. I'm still like somewhat optimistic on the season. Um, a lot of people are like super doom and gloom and I understand why, but you gotta, like I was saying before we recorded, like we're only five points behind city and it's three games of the season. It's been a horrible start, like worst case scenario almost, but, um, it's still only three games in the season. We're still only five points behind city is the way I look at it. I, I, I'm not. I'm not counting on Arsenal to challenge for the title this year either. I'm just be honest about that. But um, so um, you know, I, I, I'm relatively optimistic we can we can win both of the next two matches. Um, and uh, I, I, I'd be in I'd, I'd be where Daz is right now in terms of being upset and, and down if if we lose to Bournemouth. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so uh, well, if you if you listen to us regularly, you will know that we've confidently predicted we're going to thump Fulham because they're useless, and United are useless, and we're going to batter them too. So, um, yeah, uh, um, you know, saying so that. So, I'll caveat that, Paul. One, I mean, this is excuses. We haven't looked good, you know. Whatever. We've been unlucky in all three games with for a number of reasons. Yeah, and honestly, Fulham and Palace have both looked good. I mean, you know, I, I didn't expect Fulham to be as good, but they've looked pretty good so far. And um, United didn't start Harry Maguire or Ronaldo, which we know proves them right off the top. So that's a yeah. better version of the United team than, than anybody else faced. So. I, do, I do think we'd have won if they'd have brought on Ronaldo at 75. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> they've only had 10 players on the field. But Harry, so, Maguire, Harry Maguire was, was the yeah, big one. We missed him badly. But he used to start good. There was that meme. I don't know if you saw it. You know, we're going to be fine. We've got Salah, Diaz, and Maguire. We're bound to win. Yeah. Well, sadly, we didn't know Maguire. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think because we're not playing very well, I think the Bournemouth game could go one of two ways, which is it's going to be another struggle or it's going to be one of those where they score early and, like, just don't, like, 
don't give up because they're so frustrated about what's happened so far. So, so I guess my mm-hmm. prediction is it's going to be ugly or it's going to be easy. Um, it's, I don't think it's going to be anywhere in between. Um, and, and so I'll go to you, Hytham, your, your perspective. And um, one of the things I'd like to weave into this is Klopp's demeanor has been interesting. Uh, I think last couple of weeks, uh, really felt to me like he looked a bit exhausted of the midfield chat. Um, you know, he wasn't happy about some things uh, that that happened at the weekend. I know he he said, you know, we we probably could have won, but um, so what are you hoping for the weekend? And uh, uh, at least one of the things I'm hoping for is that Jurgen feels better about everything. Yeah, yeah. So I I basically uh, I don't have any expectations. Um, I don't think either game is going to be easy, um, just because of the state of where we are at this point when it comes to performances. So I just, you know, I don't want to say it's going to be, you know, difficult or easy or, you know, anything like that. I'm just going to watch it. Um, you know, uh, it's just, it, it's going to be a process. And, you know, I understand nothing is going to change overnight. And even if we, when we start having these players back from injury, we've seen it over the years, it takes a while um, by a while, I mean, you know, a game or two, whatever, before an injured player just coming back is, is actually, you know, up to 100% or even 90%. Yeah. Uh, from the perspective of uh, club, um, I sense, um, you know, what you were talking about in, in some of his interviews, some of, in, some of his uh, press conferences. I, you know, my, my interpretation of, of you know, just, um, my, uh, what I think is happening with him is it's just, it's just, um, amused at the number of injuries. <laughs> Cause I, I can't remember what, which, uh, press conference. I think it was the one before this United match when someone asked him about the injuries and he was like, yeah, you know, I just, uh, you know, at one point I was like, you know, what the heck is going on? Like, you know, why are we having that many injuries? Uh, so he just told me that. His question and the injuries, not, you know, anything that the club did or he did or whatever. And he started explaining, like, I, th- I think three of them actually came injured from um, uh, the summer, uh, v- v- the summer, yeah, vacation, yeah. Um, uh, international duty, all of that stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, I think there's just so much going on and. And I feel like he keeps trying to explain the same thing over and over and over. You know, we don't want to just buy uh, a midfielder just to say, you know, our uh, midfielder is going to, we want to buy the right person. And, and I've heard them, I don't know how many times say that. So, yeah, it can get frustrating, yeah. you know, when you have to really explain yourself over and over. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I hope he's not getting uh, kind of overly frustrated. I've certainly heard enough, and you've probably heard the same comments about, uh, like, oh, this is looking a bit like his Dortmund season. Um, well, I, I, I listened to someone today and they were saying, well, actually it doesn't because the first three games in that Dortmund season where everything kind of went to pieces, he won the first two, two out of the first three. So yeah, yeah. we're not even in that good a position. So uh, anyway, well, let's, let's not dwell on that right now. Um, just final thought then on the next two games. Um, if if we don't win both of these games, are, are you now thinking it's top four at best and hoping for a good Champions League run, or uh, is there still time to pick it up? Um, top four and the triple. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, didn't it happen in like 2002 uh um 2001 uh well, not, not quite but they did where they got in top they got top four um and maybe top three i think it was back then anyway they got into the champions league they won the uh the equivalent of the europa league because the uefa cup back then uh fa cup and league Cup in the mm-hmm. same year, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fantastic season. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and and I remember, <laughs> I think they started uh, kind of slow too. Like they lost the first couple of matches or whatever. Um, yeah. Back back then. So. Yeah. Look at history, people. Didn't didn't the Man United fans call that the Mickey Mouse trouble? They did. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> it's like, in hindsight, you're like, hey, it's still three trophies in a year. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. I'll take that most seasons. That was because the two years before they had won the the league, yeah. the FA Cup, and the yeah, the European yeah. Cup, Champions League, which yeah, which right now they're not going to do anything like that ever again. But um, okay, let's um, let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so anyway, so that's part two. Uh, any any kind of I mean, what you're feeling? Because uh, I, I kind of offered mine, which is it's either going to be awful or or easy um, against Bournemouth, against Newcastle. It's going to be a tough match, although Newcastle were really lucky not to concede a bunch of goals against Brighton, and Brighton notoriously doesn't score enough goals compared to their expected goals. What, 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 what's your hope and expectation about scores? Sean, start with you. Scores. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be bold here and go with three uh, 0 um, against Bournemouth, and then Newcastle. I'm going to be hopeful and, and say we win it two to one late in the match. Okay. Ooh, so a nervous Wednesday for us all. What about you, Hytham? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not having an expectation. <laughs> <laughs> I've jinxed myself so many times this year, so I just yeah, I'm, I'm not doing. So you're going to we're going to lose on Saturday, and we're going to really lose badly on Wednesday. Probably. That's you know that might that's a possibility. Okay. Well on a, on that optimistic note, we're gonna end part two. Uh and we're gonna come back and just uh, wrap it up with uh maybe look around the league uh and see what else we can chat about. Hopefully take comfort in someone else's misery. Hey, welcome back to part three of First Day Copites. Uh, we're going to wrap up a few different things here, going in a few different directions. Um, I do want to talk about the um, letting the game flow. Uh, I know we had a bit of a fume last week about some of the decisions in the, uh, the game we had against Palace. A uh, few really mad things happening um, this weekend in terms of what tackles are now allowed and what tackles don't get uh, well so allowed and don't even get yellow cards. So let's start with that. Um, do you want to celebrate Chelsea losing and Thomas Tuchel looking like he lost it in the in the process and City dropping points? And then um, we're going to give Sean a, a small window to talk about the transfer window because uh, that feels like the kind of thing that we wouldn't tweet about uh, unless, of course, it's from the right sources. So I'll start with, start with you, Hytham. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've noticed much difference in the refereeing this season, but I I feel like I've seen enough challenges that are robust and allowed and enough stupid comments from people like Graham Sooner saying we've, we've got football back, uh, back to the dark ages, I guess, of the eighties where two footed tackles were allowed. Um, 
uh, I, I mean, have you noticed this? I should tell you, by the way, the data is not clear that less fouls are being given. What it does say is that um, the the Premier League is probably the most uh, liberal in terms of its interpretation of fouls across the big five leagues uh, in terms of fouls per game. Yeah, I've noticed it. I just I think it's all, still all over the place, um, and depending on the referee, um, some referees, you know, they they let it go. Others, you know, it's a stupid. Um, I don't know, not even a foul or whatever, and they. Um, you know, it's called the foul. So um, it's 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 frustrating, um, and it's not. You know, I've watched a few matches, obviously different teams and all of that stuff, and and, and there's no consistency. So that's 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 my only thing against it. You know, if you want to be lenient, just be lenient across the board. Um, and 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 you know, um, it's just it's not good when it's not consistent. I mean, I do, I do think, it, yeah, I, I do think there's definitely something about like once you decide to be lenient, you can't continue to give soft pe- people falling over in the penalty area yeah. penalties, which I think we've seen. You know, I, I'm not even commenting on Mitrovic. I mean, I think the Chilwell penalty against Everton was um, a ridiculous example of an English international getting away with something that you know, no nobody uh, who who doesn't look like them would have would have got. Well, even the offside on the weekend, there was a play that we had after the Rashford goal mm-hmm. that looked closer than Rashford was, and they didn't give us the benefit of the doubt on the double line or whatever it is. Right, right. The one I think Harvey, you know, I can't remember the result of the play, but it, the Harvey crossed the ball in, and they flagged him offside, and it was like, you know, he, he if he was offside at all, it was by a hair, and they didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So... uh yeah, this, it's the consistency and the subjectivity of it. It's it's just nonsense, and um, it, it seems to just keep getting worse. Uh, you know, it, it's like whatever whatever they try to do, it's you know. Yeah. So, so I do think um, you know, and uh, it's a couple of things. The the more you try to like claim that that we're going to be more lenient, uh, and then you continue, you know, you find ways to give certain players, certain situations, soft fouls, that, that it looks more egregious. It actually felt maybe, you know, this sounds sad to say it, but maybe last year was kind of a golden age where they weren't giving so many soft fouls for Kane and Sterling diving in the box. Um, I think numerically, that statistically, that's that's true. Whereas we seem to be back this season to, like the standard for a foul is, is like gone up in some situations, and the, and but but they're still giving soft penalties, and the VAR offside calls this weekend wasn't just our game. That I mean, they, they all looked. There were several of them looked like that looks off, and they gave it on. And it's like that looks on, and they gave it off, and it felt like it depended on the referee, which may of course have depended on the team. And I I, I have an even worse take than that, Paul. I think in 1920 when they started using it, they they actually called things most accurately. Yeah, and. We got a lot of calls, and there was a VAR pool and all this stuff. And yeah. and since then, they've been screwing around for rules. Yeah, and it's it's like I, I think they just about had it right in 1920. I mean, I'm not even saying that because I'm a Liverpool fan, but I think the system worked better than it has any of the other years since then. And um, I, I I just I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I, I, the part of me thinks that 
the PGMOL, like they just don't want the system to work. And like, they're coming up with excuses all the time to give themselves their own, you know, subjective authority. Um, It's just ridiculous. You know, I'll I'll give you the final word on, on refereeing Hytham. But one thing I do want to highlight is, uh, in last week's episode, I did point out that Paul Tompkins uh, had a theory that the further away from Liverpool you were uh, born as a referee and the younger you were, the more likely it was that you would give um, kind of an unbiased decisions, um, statistically based. Um, and this weekend, one of the better refereeing performances was by an Australian, <laughs> Jason Gillard, in the Newcastle-Man uh, City game. And, and you know, even his call, but, but what was interesting was where he red carded Trippier and then, then VAR intervenes and says, go look at that. And it's like, is VAR doing that with the English referees? I yeah. don't know that they are. Uh, but that seemed to me to be like, yes, that's, that's how you want to use it. Right. And we could, we could debate whether the Trippier thing should have been a red card. Probably not quite, but it was, you know, it was pretty, you know, cynical. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a, a red card at all. Um, you know, he was, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it, this, this was one instance where slowing it down actually showed the, 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 uh, uh helped him versus, you know, in, in most cases, you know, when you slow down uh, a tackle or whatever, and it, it looks way worse than, um, how it's happened in, in, in real time. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Even, um, uh, going a week back, Mike Dean, which I was actually surprised that he was. Uh, I thought he retired, but I guess he's he's, still he's just doing VAR now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the uh, Chelsea uh, uh, Tottenham match, um, where you know he was like, well, oh, you know, I looked at it and didn't think it was, uh, you know, um, what was it? Um, violent conduct. Yeah, violent. Con- thank you, violent yeah. conduct or whatever. I mean, if someone pulls someone's hair. I have no idea how you can see that as violent conduct, but yeah, it's it, again just uh, all over the place. And 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 uh, you know, I, I hear these uh, referees, whether it's you know when they are uh, on VAR duties or or um, you know uh, on the pitch or whatever, come back and say, oh yeah, we made a mistake, but they continue to make that mistakes. If it's not them, it's someone else. Yeah. So it's either PG PGMOL just has the uh, the worst you know uh learning modules in the world that you know um their uh, referees are not that consistent yeah i just i don't know what it is or, or it's a you know i'm not a conspiracy theorist yeah. but it just feels too much like this well, is your job this is the only thing right. you do so so i think so one that, of the issues one of the issues is bias doesn't necessarily is not necessarily a conscious thing right and i, th- I think uh what we're uh, probably observing in most cases in some of these things is some unconscious bias, whether it's against someone's race or whether it's against somewhere this team comes from. Um, I, I, yeah, 100%, 100% on that, Paul. I, yeah, I think yeah. the vast majority of it's unconscious bias, like, but they are clearly biased. And when they get the calls clearly wrong, yeah. they ought to be able to correct that over time. Yeah. So, so the disappointing thing for me about our final, final word on referees is that Michael Oliver has regressed to the, the pack because um, the last two games he's refereed for us, I think it was the um, was the, the Spurs home game. Um, he let Spurs get away with an awful lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually, I was there and it was really visible and surprising. And it felt like the same had happened on, uh, on Monday. 
uh, not saying this would have changed the result, but just the like the the aggressiveness of Martinez, Dallo, etc. He was pretty terrible on Monday. I mean, it was kind of shocking how bad he was in some cases. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, that's the other thing is that it, we just we've gotten some horrible calls against us in the first three games. Yeah, yeah, and we definitely could have won all three as bad as we were. I'm not saying we were good, but we definitely could have won all three of those games. Uh, which, which a would have changed the narrative, and b maybe would have changed actually the way that the the optics on the games, right? Because I think there were yeah. parts of that Palace game where it's like, wow, oh, this is what we do at home. You know, we turn like we we make it really difficult for people. Um, yeah. Okay, final topic. You can choose your own. Um, feel feel free to talk about uh, Thomas Tuchel. Um, um, like why was he on the bench anyway after getting a red card? That that's a possible topic. But uh I thought the defeat to Leeds showed some interesting vulnerabilities. Um City did drop points. Um feels slightly less um good to me that they lost drop points to a fellow oil state um um uh, uh sponsor. Uh and or, or Sean, you can even talk about the transfer window. I'll start with Hytham. Um what what Reflections on the weekend. What what really grabbed your attention? I don't know what's going on with uh, Chelsea. Um, it's it's a, a mystery to me. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. um, they don't have a proper number nine, but they had one, and, and you know they gave him away. Um, yeah. And and they're talking nowadays about getting uh, Obama Yang and who was uh, the other one. There was another player that they wanted to get, but it's like and okay. Who is it? The, the the diving English Englishman, Anthony Gordon. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking just you know from a number nine perspective. It's just yeah. like okay, so clearly you had a really really good number nine, and he could not play within your system. So what? How do you see bringing another number nine as the fix for your uh, goal scoring issues at this point? Yeah. Um, so that's that's just um, I feel like you know uh, Tuchel is just um, I don't want you know he's definitely I don't know if he's on the hot seat or not but he's just uh, um, at this point he's all over the place he's trying to figure out stuff and it's not happening um, I just I think they're gonna get better um, you know um, you know during the season. Um, but it's just it's interesting to me with uh they don't have a lot of injuries like we do and they still just look um like crap. But they have two key injuries. Kovacic and Conte, I think, are both injured, right? Yeah, yeah. That's huge for them. I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So so it's a pity our our chat is not broadcast to more people, but uh I did point out in that Spurs Chelsea game that yeah. Conte, the way Conte pulled up with the hamstring looked like if no one was anywhere near him, looked really serious. That could have well yeah. have been the most ser- important thing that happened in that game. Um, yeah. I think, you know, even though he's 30, he clearly is, makes them a much better team. Um, mm. And I think now that you've got uh, uh, Todd Bowley operating a bit more like the Glazers than uh, FSG, um, you know, hopefully they'll sign a whole load of people that uh, don't, don't fit their uh, system. Uh, I know you'd love to talk about transfer window and Chelsea, so maybe you combine those, Sean. One thing <laughs> I would say is, I thought Kulabali, I thought was really interesting. Like for years, I always thought, like, what what an awesome defender. But one of the criticisms that I have heard about him 
in, in Italy is that he'll dive into challenges and people with pace can cause him problems. And it was like, ooh, this mm. this game felt like it was uh, like a poster child for, for exactly that criticism of him. Yeah, I mean, what, like the, the criticism I've heard of, of him is that he's not quick on the turn. Mm. Um, like he's he's kind of good in a sprint, but he, he's not quick on the turn. So if, if you're playing a high line with him, he can get beat. Um, but uh, no, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't have a lot to say actually on the transfer window. I just think it's funny that Chelsea are going, uh, they're rumored to, to be looking at a 60 million pound deal for Anthony Gordon. I don't really, I don't really buy that, but um, yeah, it'd just be wacky. But um, this there, may be, there are, sorry, Sean, just interrupt. This may be one of those moves where you try to make your rivals weaker. <laughs> <laughs> there are rumors that, uh, you know, out there, I guess that, that uh, RB Leipzig is interested in Nobby, but if he's seriously injured now, I don't know that that's going to happen either. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing Fofana, else. Fofana for Chelsea too. I really like the looks of uh, Caseda from uh, Brighton. That's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> on my, on my personal wish list. So it's interesting, right? That, uh, they let go of, uh, um, two players in the summer, including Basuma, and they actually seem to look better. Um, yeah, is obviously it, the one, right? No. Their scouting department is just must be amazing because they, yeah. they constantly keep finding guys like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, I have, I have one more thought before we end it. Um, I'm just hoping that um, Gerard does not get the set because they've been so awful. Yeah. But Brendan Rodgers is the odds-on favorite now, I think. Well, I I do think there are four or five people that uh, are, are, I don't know if the right word's at risk. Um, and Villa have not looked good uh, in any of the games that I've seen them. Um, I mean, they even didn't look great. They, they beat Everton, right? They didn't look great against Everton. It seems like the t- that whole Tyrone Mings drama really had a, mm-hmm. did, didn't work out so far. Well, I think his issue no. is that he, he, he doesn't want Mings. I think we've talked about Mings is not like the top, top defender. Um, the guy they signed, was it uh, Carlos? Carlos, Diego yeah. Carlos. He's got, has he got an ACL injury? He's got serious yeah. injury. Yeah. 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 That's... You know that you, yeah, that's going to be really hard, right? You're going to build your team around like your brand new defender, and now he's not there. Mm-hmm. You're going to go back to the old guy that you've already already dissed as a you know, not having the right attitude. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. They they played okay uh, yesterday, beating uh, what was it the Wonders, Bolton Wonders. <laughs> they they still okay. went down. They went down one, <laughs> but came back and beat them three one. Oh, Villa. Yeah, in the EFL. Oh, okay. I haven't paid attention to uh, to any. I, I did see that uh, this is going to get mixed reaction for people who follow our podcast. Did you see that Rangers made it into the Champions League? Yeah. 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 Group stages? They beat uh, Eindhoven at yeah. Eindhoven. Yeah. One zip. I do hope they don't play at Anfield. Uh, anyway, we, we can go into that uh, yeah. on another podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we're. Uh, we we had our draw. By the way, I just want to get this in. With, um, we drew uh, Derby County, I think, in the League Cup. Okay, that's it's supposed to be the week in November. The is week it, of November seventh. Is that a home or away game? I I, I don't remember that. I can't it, remember. You, you said but, no, is it? You said November. Oh, is that September? 
It's the week of November 7th. November? I think so. I oh, think okay. I, maybe, wow. maybe I read that wrong. I don't know. Okay. But um, because I, I think they got to get the games in different places, you know. Um, yeah. But um, Chelsea drew Man City. <laughs> so that would be interesting. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, what happened to Manchester City's drawer of fixtures? But it, <laughs> They're not doing a good Chelsea, job anymore. The, the League Cup again, final, probably. We'll surely, no, surely they meant Burton Albion. It can't be, that can't be true. That can't be true. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, on that note, um, November 7th, that's just, that's just weird. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get our fact checker on that um, before uh, the episode gets published. Um, Hytham, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Sean, thanks for making the time to do this. Um, and if you're uh, if you're listening, we'll be back. Uh, I think we'll be back after Liverpool play Bournemouth. Hopefully, with a good news story. Um, I say thanks, Sean. Thanks, Hytham. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Follow us at First Day Copites on Twitter. We only tweet and retweet from sources we think are credible. Finally, music is courtesy of Hypnotic. They're a Welsh electro pop band, and you can find them at https colon forward slash forward slash hyperfollow.com forward slash hypnotic. Hypnotic is H Y P E N O T I C. Thanks so much to them. <laughs>